How old were you when you moved to LA? I was 25. Did you know anyone here? I did. I had a friend from school, uh, George Hickenlooper, who said he had a car he could lend me. How much money did you have? Pretty much none. I might have had $400 or I might have, I think I had $800, which quickly went away because uh, the car George was going to lend me, it turns out it just made more sense for him to sell it to me. Um, <laughs> so then I didn't have any money and, or a car because I could never get the thing running. Where did you live when you first got here? Uh, I lived with uh, my friend Ali out in, uh, in Northridge. What was your first job in L.A.? Uh, temp. I was an office temp. What was your initial impression of L.A.? Really cool. How many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? Um, I think it, it probably depends where, which one you count. Because if money doesn't mean anything, I could go back to the sixth grade play. Oh, <laughs> Um, if money does mean something, then I think in, in, you know, I did like some Shakespeare for, uh, grade school students in, uh, Chicago that paid $5 a show. And if it's, if, if it's a movie you're looking for, I had, um, two lines in, uh, Dolly Parton's Straight Talk, which both got cut. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I got a new union off of that. How many years did it take you of living in L.A. before you felt like you knew what you were doing here, or before it felt like home? Oh, boy. I'm not quite sure when that happened, mm -hmm. you know? I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I would say at least five and maybe 10 or 15. If you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would it be? Sprawling. So today we have Ron Livingston as our Speak LA guest. We're thrilled to have him. Ron is an incredible actor and I would venture to say has played any type of role you could possibly think of. So to name just a few, he played Lewis Nixon in Band of Brothers, Sex in the City, he was the infamous burger, and Roy Phillips in Boardwalk Empire. Some of his movies include Swingers, Office Space, Touchy Feely, and Drinking Buddies, many, 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 many more, of course, and many more to come. And we're just so excited to have you here to share with us your experiences in this wacky business as an actor, and welcome to Speak LA. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for being here. Yeah, of course, thank thanks you. for having yeah. me. I'd love to start by asking you if you always knew that you wanted to be an actor. I mean, was that... Yeah, I think I... Uh... I, I probably sort of denied it on, on a certain level, but, um, you know, where I grew up in, uh, in Iowa, that question was never, it wasn't part of it as to whether you would make a living at it or not. Right. Um, being a, you know, it's like saying, well, did you want to be a softball player? Well, sure. Right. I always <laughs> think I'll play softball. Right. You know, like, so yeah. yeah, pretty early on, I figured I would always do plays. Yeah. And, or like, and do you want to be a rock star? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. sure. Um, but so it's yeah. So I think um, it was maybe when I was twenty-one that I I thought, oh, you know what, I'm actually going to take a swing at this. Um, wow, not till then. And yeah. what did you do? What happened when you were twenty-one? Like, did well, it was the it was actually the summer that uh, that I went to Williamstown, um, and it was the, my f first kind of experience seeing people who I knew from 
uh, being on TV and in movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and before that, those people and what they were doing always seemed kind of supernatural. Yeah. Like they just appeared in two dimensions on the thing, <laughs> doing right. like amazing things. And getting a chance to watch them, you know, try to put a play up in two weeks, um, really, really humanized them. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At the same time as, as like showing off some incredible talent, it was like, oh, this is somebody who's, this is not that different you know, yeah. from some of the bad plays I've been yeah. in. Yeah. So if you if you were talking to somebody who was just starting out as an actor, what you know, what kind of advice might you? Um, I would say the best thing you can do for yourself is try to really get a good sense of why. Mm -hmm. um, what are you doing it for? Mm -hmm. um, because two things are going to happen. Number one, you might realize, oh, there's a lot easier ways to do that. Like, if you want to be an actor to get rich and famous, mm -hmm. yeah. there's a lot better ways of getting rich and famous than being an actor. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing I think is really helpful of coming from that is my experience has been the answer to that question changes every few years. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not in it at this point for anywhere near the same reasons I was in it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um and if you're aware of that, you know, you know, people, one of the things people always say, well, yeah, I got to follow your dream. Never let go of your dream. Never mm -hmm. let go of your dream. Yeah. No, you have to, you, you're going to have a different dream. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to follow that dream today. And then tonight you're going to have a new dream. <laughs> and right. you have to follow that one. Right. You know? So uh, that I think is really important. I think for me, it was just something I wanted to be really good at. Mm -hmm. Um I wanted to get in there and play. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew I knew sort of that even though theater was like the only thing that I had the opportunity to do, um, you know, I grew up I grew up watching TV with my family mm -hmm. and going to the movies with my family, and so there was something about uh, doing those things. Like if I I could move to New York and do a play and nobody I knew would ever see it. It mm -hmm. kind of wouldn't exist, you know, mm -hmm. for the community that I was from. But, uh, you know, like uh, All in the Family is kind of forever. Oh, my God. You yeah, know? best show ever. Um, so, yeah, so I think very early on I, I knew that I was looking for something like that. Mm -hmm. So you knew that you were looking for that. And sure. you decided, okay, this is what I want to pursue. Yeah. So what were the sort of other things that you had around you at your life at the beginning? Like, did you have a day job? Did you sort of... Think how how am I going to manage this dream with also life and you know what were uh -huh. those kind of things in your head at that point? Well, I'd had about one year since I decided I was going to do it. I had then another, um, you know, six months or so in school uh, to uh, sort of try to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I I kind of didn't know. I didn't really make any plans other than just some very loose. I liked the idea of Chicago, and I liked the idea of Seattle. Oh, uh, yeah. Seattle was I love really Seattle. yeah. I've never <laughs> so been to nice. Seattle. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. one of those things where somebody tells you, "I'm moving to Seattle." <laughs> it you sounds know, good. Like, it's awesome there. You <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm gonna move to Seattle. <laughs> I want to go somewhere awesome. You know, and uh, yeah, and I think. I think I chose Chicago probably because it was it was a little closer to home. It was within striking distance of getting back home, and 
Also, it's just a really good buddy of mine who you might know, Pete Goldfinger, <laughs> um, <laughs> called me up and said, I'm moving to Chicago. Come be my roommate. You know, mm-hmm. So um, there was a little bit of a of a factor of like, well, I guess I could, that, that would be all figured out. You right. know, that, that yeah. solves that. Right, um, right. Those random things. It's so funny how like one thing to the next to the next. Right. And it feels Mm -hmm. like it's random, but maybe it's not so random after all. Yeah. So LA wasn't in your head then at that point. It was Chicago or Seattle that you were kind of. Not that point. Yeah. Uh -uh. I was thinking, uh, and again, I was still in a, in a sort of theater space. I think maybe not because it's where I wanted to be for my whole life, but just because I didn't. It didn't feel realistic to, to me to just show up in Hollywood and say, here I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I didn't uh, have any idea what that was going to look like. Right, so, right. Um, so just backing up a second. So you talked about college and that you were 21. Yeah. So was it, did you go to theater? Was that a theater school? Were you a theater major? I was undergrad at Yale. I was a theater slash English major. Okay. Um and then when you went to Chicago, did you go to like a conservatory no, there? No, I didn't. No. no, I didn't. I, I um, when I went to Chicago, I was sort of, uh, um, I wanted to play some golf before I went back to golf <laughs> lessons. I think they see if yeah. I even liked golf. Really. Okay. Um, and I probably at that point I don't think I could have afforded to do you know another uh, couple years or something. Yeah, so I, in a weird way, I had like a smattering of training. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd had w- one or two really, really good scene study classes. Um, I'd had like the odd mask workshop here mm-hmm. and there. Yeah. You know, like some, mm-hmm. some very sure. sort of random things that I, I look back on, on now and go, well, that, that was really kind of pivotal part of my mm-hmm. education. But there were big, you know, big gaps in it as well. Yeah. So what made you... what? How long were you in Chicago, and then what made you decide to come to LA? I was in Chicago for three years, mm-hmm. um, and I was, I was, I certainly didn't take the world by storm, you know, by any <laughs> any description. I'm sure you did. Yeah, no, not, <laughs> not so much. Um, you know, I mean, I found Chicago to be a very sort of welcoming place. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of corporations that do training films and commercials and, mm-hmm. and, and you know we call it industrial films. Mm-hmm. So there was kind, there was work for young people who were willing to just stand show up and say they were actors. Mm-hmm. You know if if you uh, it, it could be got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I made my way onto what I would call sort of the the B team at the Goodman Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing like. I understudying and doing like some of the side mm-hmm. reading series mm-hmm. things, you know. Three years in, I, I broke up with a girl mm-hmm. and decided it was a good time to just burn it all down and, and <laughs> go somewhere. And at LA was the place I picked. It uh-huh. seemed like the next natural, you know, first step. I had one big, big close call scare with a pilot where I was going to be tested for a pilot. It was. It was about like med students in Grenada or something. It was like <laughs> Falsey Brands, probably right after Northern Exposure. So it was like this huge get. You and know. you got that audition in Chicago. I got that audition in Chicago, and I got down to the um, to be in the running. I was like three picks. They had a, a kid from L.A., they had a kid from New York, they had a kid from Chicago. They decided at the last minute they weren't going to fly us all out, 
So the kid from New York and the kid from Chicago, which is me, we sent we sent our auditions on videotape, mm -hmm. and the kid from LA truly went there in videotape. person. Yeah, truly <laughs> yeah, videotape. Yeah, like videotape. Yeah. And you know the LA kid booked the job. So with my my very healthy ego at the time, I decided that well, it's because he was in LA. If I was in <laughs> yeah. LA, I would have booked the job. I think that is why. That yeah. is definitely <laughs> why. Absolutely. I'll take it. So it made sense to like go. Well, if I'm going to do this, so let's go to LA where it's happening, and I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's a realization many actors come to at some point of yeah. like, okay, if I'm really going to do this, I, yeah. I probably need to be in LA. I don't know if it's. You know, again, this is 20, 25 years ago, uh -huh. you know, so I don't know how it works now. I'm sure it's different in some ways. I'm sure there are pockets of, you know, like I know there's work in Atlanta, mm -hmm. there's work in uh, Chicago, there's work in New York. I, I still think that because in a lot of those places, they'll cast kind of all the the really small roles yeah. locally yeah. Yeah. and they'll bring in the you right. know they're bringing in the, the the good For stuff sure. from yeah. uh, from LA and New York yeah. so I, I do think that at some you know early on you have to get to one of those two places yeah yeah did you come out here with an agent that you had did you when you got here did you you know how did you create your team did you have to like yes and no um I Told, when I told my Chicago agents that I was going to move to L.A., they mm -hmm. were like, we don't think you're ready. You're not ready. Oh, wow. Um, and I was like, well, I'm moving. So, <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm, I, yeah, so, <laughs> so it's, ha it's, it's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they, you know, worked out an arrangement with, a, with an agency here. They sent me out a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, I probably got that, you know, 30 days that you get when you're new in town, mm -hmm. and they just sort of send you out on everything to see mm -hmm. what happens. And then at that point, like I would get sent out maybe once a year, twice a year, something nice. like that. <laughs> Good odds. Like, yeah, yeah, it's couple, easy to book when you're going out once yeah. a year. There yeah. were a couple of years when the only phone call I would ever get from the agency was uh, my new agent there calling to say, you know, that the old agent had left to go somewhere <laughs> else and he was now handling my thing. And that'd be the last I hear from him until the next guy would call me and go, oh, I'm your agent now. So, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, so it was, sad. um, fortunately I didn't, at the time I didn't really realize that I was, that that was in that situation, a bad situation. I was right. just thinking, gosh, it's really slow. <laughs> 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 you know, um, can't wait till That's it starts picking so up again, funny. man, oh you know. God. That's great though. Yeah. I mean, it's great that that's what you thought because. It makes it a lot. I mean, because that's actually another really good question for you mm -hmm. is as an actor and even now where you are, there are moments where you don't have a work lined up or. Yeah. And especially at the beginning when it is slower. Yeah. How do you keep your ego out? You know, just keep yourself going, keep yourself being positive, knowing that this is part of the business and this is something that may happen not be so happen. beaten down yeah. yeah i think being young and delusional really helps <laughs> you know having a very active fantasy life about how it's going to be someday yeah um, but that's not entirely that, that, i don't think that's enough um it's immensely valuable and i think if if you have that and somebody tries to tell you that you're crazy and talk you out of it um don't you know like, uh, uh, put it in the back of your head that you might be crazy, but don't mm -hmm. necessarily let go of it. Because mm -hmm. um, I think it can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I think something that 
was really useful to me was the fact that when I was in college, there wasn't really, our theater program didn't produce a season of work. They didn't really mount any productions mm. per se. Mm -hmm. And there was, so there was an undergraduate organization that put on a couple plays a year. Mm -hmm. About 80% of the stuff was just people kind of self-generating. Oh, so you were used to doing that. Yeah, oh, so the idea was it's like, well, there's a dining hall, you know, yeah, you can clear yeah. the chairs out and you can do a play. You staple some signs up and I you do that. it. I love that. Made you scrappy. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think the other thing, it, it takes away that thing of having hurt feelings, you know, sitting yeah. around by the phone going, why aren't they calling me? Why am <laughs> right. I not being picked? It's like... Right. Because there's nobody on the other end of the yeah. line, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. It's just, it's you and and your your colleagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, I would love to talk about Swingers for a second sure. because um, totally. it's first of all just such an amazing movie yeah. that so many people love so much, and also it was one of the first things you yeah. did, I think, and and I think came together. I mean, I'm I don't know, but I'm guessing was not an agent calling you and saying you have an no, audition. No, yeah. no. Uh, so that's, I think that's an interesting story for actors yeah. and also self. But anyway, you tell us. How did yeah. you tell us about? Um, I, for me, Swingers was really a story about the usefulness of, of finding the people around that you're, around you that are talented and just trying to help them in any, in any uh -huh. way that you can. John Favreau wrote Swingers. And, you know, in the, in the beginning, he wasn't going to be him in it. He just wanted to, he wanted to sell it. Mm -hmm. It was going to make his bones as a writer. Mm -hmm. And so to try to help him do that, Vince and uh, Patty and I and, and uh, a couple other people did a series of readings. Every couple of months, we'd get another fish on the hook and go, well, we have these backers. They, that's really, they have parking lot money from Saudi Arabia and they're really <laughs> looking to get into movies. So we would do... You know, we would do like a staged reading of it for for these investors who would invariably, you know, not, not have parking lot money, not, not have parking lot money, or not want to spend it on this particular right. movie. Um, and this went on for about a year. What happened was Doug Lyman saw the script on his roommate's coffee table. Um, she'd been working trying to get a budget put together. He decided that he could do it for you know. A, a fraction of what they thought and then all of a sudden John started thinking well you know what if we don't have any money to pay actors anyway why don't we just use these guys that have been working on it for a year and we've we've sort of gelled oh, into a little, that's so in a little company great. I mean it's I really owe a huge uh, debt to John for uh, you know sticking up for us yeah um, in that way because he he did have to kind of go to the mat for Every single person down the line. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. Well, and he owes a debt to you guys because yeah. the cast of that movie, including him, is what made it so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Such mm -hmm. a great movie. That is really cool, though, because it's such, when you watch that movie, it is such an ensemble. Yeah. Like, you can tell how comfortable everybody is. So that's so interesting to hear that you had been working on the readings together beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie about friends and we were friends. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, that's really clear. Yeah, this, and that I think that comes through. I also love that it's like you were talking about self-generated because I think mm -hmm. it was probably one of the first projects like that that got, I mean, I'm sure people were doing that before Swingers, but that, that really made it big. And now, you know, now it's it's so kind of in vogue for actors to create their own stuff, but it wasn't so much back then. No, there hadn't been a lot of independent films since uh, Cassavetes. 
Uh-huh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. There was Brothers McMullen. Uh-huh. That was about the, <laughs> you know that. what I mean? Yeah, which was around the same time. Yeah, yeah. and I think, and then after that, it was beginning. Boondock Saints, and then all uh-huh. of a sudden it was Bottle off. Rockets. And then it was off and running. Yeah, um, yeah. And there was sort of a little a golden age of uh, of independent film. Yeah, but film. Swingers was definitely an inspiration oh, yeah. into that world. So. I think. Yeah, I think so. And and what I what I also really loved about it and still love about it was that it it's a a really int- it's a cool snapshot of what my life was at the time because it's young, mm-hmm. you know, it's young mm-hmm. wannabe actors in mm-hmm. Hollywood getting nowhere. Right. <laughs> Playing you video know? games. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and having a great time. And yeah, having a great time doing it. Having a great time while you're doing it. Having a great time doing it. Yeah. Yep. I think that's really important to say too is that, you know, when you're here and you are pursuing this business and this career, have fun yeah. while you're doing that it. That was you the know? big thing George Wentz yeah, said was, was make sure you're always having fun. Yeah. I think, and again, it goes back to why you're doing this. If you're not enjoying it, yeah, you're probably not gonna enjoy it when you, you know, achieve whatever goals you're trying right. to achieve. Because you're still then going to be doing the same things you're doing now. <laughs> right. You know, right. probably even more of them. Yeah. Right. So I think, uh, you know, I think it's a big deal to kind of figure out what you what you love about it. So swingers, we just talked about swingers. Yeah. What are some other career milestones that you had that sort of shaped? And put, you know, different parts in your lap and you got to kind of, you know, grow in your career. Townies was a series that I I got immediately after. And because of, uh, I think, Swingers, you know, I still had to try to go get it. But I think there was something about once you're in something, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of puts you on a list and you're on the playing field in a way that you never were before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that was not only great experience, and a paycheck, and I got to pay off my student loans and whatever. But it, it uh, I don't know, it's it's a real confidence booster to go, oh my God, somebody just hired me to, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to do something. And my folks can watch it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes a long way to get something that, you know. Legitimate, you, something that's. Yeah, that you just feel like, oh, okay, so I can't say this is not working. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So such a big part of being an actor is auditioning, of course. How do you, you know, some actors say they love auditioning, some hate it. What's yeah. your general feeling about auditioning? I used to love it more. Yeah. <laughs> I still love it. I, I mean, I still love it if it's something that I really want uh-huh. and think I could get. Uh-huh. The reason I don't necessarily love it as much now is once you become, when you're, you know, when you're completely unknown, yeah. the fact that they're bringing you in for an audition means they're okay with hiring a complete unknown. Right. So... They may not do that, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's you've got a, a you know you've got whatever snowballs chance anyone else does. Once you kind of become a known quantity, they know going before you before you go in. I think ninety percent of the time they they already know whether they're going to want to cast Ron Livingston in this movie or not cast Ron Livingston yeah. in this movie based on you know a whole different set of formula that they have. Yeah. So the audition doesn't kind of matter. Yeah, know? yeah. In those very, very, very few instances where I feel like it's like the old days where you go in and, and with a swing and a prayer and if yeah. you do a great job, you know, you might catch something. I love it. I, yeah. love, I still love doing it. Just because it's exciting and alive yeah. and, yeah. Cool sound guy, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> do you, have a, Darren. Do you have a question for Ron? Darren. I guess if I had a question, it would be, uh, you mentioned earlier about how you're not in it for the same reasons that you always were, like those, like 
how has that evolved? Like, what is it that gets you excited about a project or a role now that makes you want to do it? Um, I'd say in the beginning it was about sort of proving myself, you know, to insert the blank, you know, and fill it in. Um, and now it's become a lot more about personal growth. Not that I've com felt like I completely proved myself, but I, I got to a place where I was like, well, if I haven't proved it by now, it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I can let that go. That's a great answer. And I think also, like, proving, like, you find it's maybe not as satisfying to prove yourself to whomever yeah, anyway. I, like, I, definitely, because yeah. it's sort of like, in the end, what, is, what does it get you? You know, and it's, it's really about, I think when you're young, a lot of it is you're creating your identity. Mm -hmm. You know, and getting something or having some success is so important because it's a part of the identity that you want to have. Mm -hmm. uh, I think being older, for me anyway, I, I kind of came around to the idea that it's like, actually, you know, having success or not having, or not having what you think is success doesn't really change your, you know, mm -hmm. who you are that much. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of like, what can you be doing? Mm -hmm. you know, like, do, how, how can you find a way to do something that's going to help you grow to the next place yeah, you're yeah, supposed yeah. to be? So we always like to close by asking um, if you have any kind of LA-ism, meaning like a, you know, something you hear sort of only in LA or a term or phrase or word, you know, that you sort of was new. Yeah. yeah. You got mm -hmm. one of those? <laughs> yeah. It's really important to know it, too. Okay. SIG alert. Oh, Sig Alert. Sig Alert. I have awesome. no idea like how the name came into his existence. I love it. But it's um Sig it's perfect. like a terrible uh, traffic event yes. that the radio if you're listening <laughs> right. to drive radio it'll tell you uh, to avoid and Oh my god. I still really I don't should try Do you know I don't That's really great... know what a Sig Alert is. I mean, I've I've always imagined heard it a there million was times, some but... reporter named Sig who, <laughs> you know what I mean, like sort of Sig branded alert. it, but then I was like attention name is Sig, right. you know. But every time you turn on the radio you do you hear yeah, about Sig Alert. Yeah, we have Sig the grapevine. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great one. Um, Ron, thank you so thank much you. for doing this. This was great. Really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Sure. Really thank helpful. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Next week we are talking to Pete Goldfinger, who is a um, screenwriter, and be sure to join us.